Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on, people? You're now locked into this Nomics podcast. I hope you've had a great week. Uh, I want, how's your January going? Any New Year's resolutions? I know some people are doing dry January. I'm not really a drink like that, so it doesn't really concern me. I hope everybody's got their goals and ambitions set for the new year. One of mine is getting back in the gym and stuff like that. I've gone a couple times this week, probably not enough, but we go again. Anyway, as usual, we have to start off this podcast with a shout out to the previous week's episode, Rishi versus the Strikers. The Chancellor, Rich, not the Chancellor, muscle memory there. Prime Minister, Mr. Sunak is taking on the unions in terms of this new law he's looking to implement, which is going to make it more difficult to strike and also kind of guarantee a minimum, 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 sorry, level of service for strikers, which will, and if they, and if they don't adhere to this and if they're meant to be working and they do strike, they could be fired and trade unions could be potentially sued, right? Of course, this is meant to kind of, do you know what I mean? Ensure the country has a certain minimum level of service. We're not in the mud, but also designed to, in my opinion, to make the job of strikers a lot more harder. Do you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I that's all last week's episode. Let me know what you think. Go listen to that and let a man know what you think. Anyway, this week I'm speaking on something that we all like, food. We all love food. Who doesn't love food, right? We all love food. The price of food, pretty much since 20, the end of, since beginning of 2019 or 2020, yeah, since the beginning of 2020 has been insane, right? Totally insane, the prices have been soaring. But why are these prices soaring? What has been soaring? What specifically has risen in recent times? And what are the causes? And can we envision things changing for the good or maybe for the worse. We'll get right into that in a jiffy. Hi, I it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. Yo, what's cracking people? Dysonomics here and 
we're talking food prices. Why is food so expensive, right? So let me give you a bit of backstory about me for the listeners who don't know. Really and truly, I, I used to do weekly shops. You know what I'm saying? So I'll go in to Sainsbury's or whatever, Iceland, do you know what I mean? It was mainly Sainsbury's in Iceland. And then I might touch little for a certain item. I might touch Waitrose for a certain item, but Waitrose is more biscuits. Like it was not, not really well heavy food. Do you know what I'm saying? It was more of a weekly thing because it was just me. And I don't really, I wasn't really a cooking bulk person. I like to season um, chicken or whatever, have it in the fridge, take it out when I want to eat, air fry it, boom. So I wasn't really like a big planner of food, right? So food prices, I never really noticed them too tough, right? Then I became a monthly shopper, right? And then obviously, naturally, you always go to the shop like to get a few bits and pieces that you kind of run out on, right? And it was last year, I started to realise that, rah, these three to seven items that I'm going to buy like maybe twice a week are coming out to £18, £16, £25. And if I do like a light shop, let's say, for example, I wanted to make like um, mac and cheese with like brown stew lamb, right? All my ingredients cost me that 28 bar. And I said, hold on, life weren't really like this. Go to Nando's, I'm seeing, Jarmin, like lamb, um, not lamb shop, sorry, chicken fries, chicken thighs with, with two size 13 bar. That was a 10 pound satin before. You know what I'm saying? Even Uber Eats, like all Uber Eats orders are just hella pricey now. So I've experienced it. But then when I saw the numbers over the year, it really started to hammer home. Of course, this is why I'm seeing this. It's funny for me who like covers like news and politics and economics and stuff. Even though I know these, these prices, these things happening. As a single, when I say single, I mean like I'm not married yet. I'm not, I don't have 14 kids or whatever. So as a single person who started working when I was like 22, 23 years old for a decade now, these type of things don't really impact me as much because I didn't have any dependents. I'm just myself. I earn a decent, I earn a decent wage. I don't have many dependents. So when prices go up, it didn't really impact me as much because I'm not buying as much groceries or have as many bills. And I'm not feeding as many mouths. So just the, the incremental price differences wouldn't show up on my monthly cash flow as much, if that makes sense. But boy, oh boy, slapping everybody now, right? UK food prices have been rising like crazy for a while now. Like the last figures I saw, figures of like 11% inflation as things like milk, tea bags, sugar, butter became more expensive. If we look at non-food inflation, it's not as much as food inflation. So non-food inflation isn't as, isn't as, high, as high and it was what, 4.1% in like October? 4.1%? compared to the food inflation of 11.6%, right? And if and I was looking at um, this data from the Office of, Na Office? Office of National Statistics, and when they're looking at CPI, which is Consumer Price Index, which is a basket of like 700 goods or services, which doesn't include house prices, right? And what they do is that they look at these prices and they average out and they work out the level of price differential, the price change, 
from that same month the previous year. And this will give you an inflation figure, right? So when you hear the CPI, that is 700 goods and services assessing the price differential in there, in those, and that is your rate of inflation. Simple? Cool. So now here's a rate of inflation for average price of these products over 12 months up until September 2022. Low-fat milk has gone up by 42%. That is insane, bro. 42%. And it's true, because I used to I get like non-lactose milk when I'm making stuff like mac and cheese, if I'm doing like protein shakes and stuff. And I was like, right, this used to be like just over a pound. That's like one pound eighty. Like, what's going on? Right? Margarine and other vegetable fats gone up by 30.5%. Whole milk gone up by 30.2%. Jams, marmalades, and honey by 28%. Butter, 28%. Um, olive oil up by 27%. I know a lot of our, our uh, a lot of us use olive oil in our cooking and whatnot. Cheese and curds, 23%. Yo, cheese is bare expensive, you know. God damn, cheese is so expensive. Um, eggs, 22%. We're going to talk about eggs later. Food shortage of eggs. Sauces, condiments, salt, spices, and culinary herbs, 22%. Okay, let me just try to pick up all the things that people probably use. Frozen vegetables, other than potatoes, up by 20%. Potatoes, up by 19.9%. And even for like some of the conservative MPs or people more on the right who are trying to make it to trying to gaslight the British public on like who say that they struggle to afford certain meals or whatnot, yeah? Say, oh, can you just get ready meals at this price? Well, ready meals have gone up by 19%. Meat has gone up by 15%. Poultry, 17%. Fish, 13%. Bread, almost 15%. Crisp, 12%. Ice cream, 11%. Pizza, 9.7%. Fruit, by 8.8%. Rice, 6.8%. Chocolate, not that much, 3.7%. This is not a joke. These are humongous price increases. So, for example, like if we're just looking at meat, for example, right? If you're spending £100 a month on meat, do you know what I mean? Maybe you're doing a Young Dalston shop for meat, Yeah. That means whereas before it'll cost you £100 to get, let's say, insert, insert X, X amount of kg, kilograms of meat, let's just say it's 20 kg of meat, right? For argument's sake. 20 kg, 20 kg of meat costs you 100 quid. Now that same 20 kg to get it will cost you £115. Not a joke. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Prices have been pushed up due to significant input costs measures faced by food retailers sorry cost input cost pressures faced by food retailers what is that what's input cost input costs are the cost so let's say your business the cost that you incur like to make whatever good or service it is right so rising energy prices which we've spoken about all last year rising commodity prices so the rising price of oil and stuff like that has made like Food retailers' costs go up, right? 
The price of so many basic items went up, such as tea bags, milk, sugar. That that's that's a cover. That's a bit of me, and that's just costing a lot. <laughs> so if we take the words of former chief exec of a massive supermarket, Asda, gentleman by the name of Andy Clark, he warned that there is little hope that food price inflation will ease off soon. He says nothing we see in the near term suggests that this double GDP inflation will slow down. If anything, there is more indication that it will rise. That's not good news. So they're saying that there's more price rises what happened when it comes to food. That is not good news whatsoever. The cost of food and drink has risen by the highest rate since 1980. The majority of my audience weren't even alive when this happened. I was born in 99. I only 34 this year. It's not easy. So just our typical staple household items are rising in price like no tomorrow. And of course, the war in Ukraine. Yeah, the war in Ukraine has a, has a significant impact on food prices. You're probably thinking, why is people swinging it out in Eastern Europe having an impact on us when it comes to the price of food? And it's pretty straightforward. Due to this war in Ukraine, there's like a vacuum left by where Ukraine used to supply the market with things such as wheat, corn, and barley. They've just basically been effectively X on the market, right? So you used to having a massive supply of the world's, of Europe, sorry, um, wheat, corn, and barley supply. This, in turn, pushed up the prices of things like bread, beer, pasta, and cereal. Just like that, because of Putin deciding to wage war <laughs> on Ukraine. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely crazy. Butter prices have also rocketed due to the soaring price of oil due to Russia's invasion of the market. Because of the invasion of Russia, we already know that oil prices are all mad. And because of this, butter is more expensive. Price of cooking oils in butters has, um, has also um, really, really impacted adversely the cost of fertilizers used by farmers to produce milk. Global meat prices have jumped like crazy. This all got worse for us in the UK when our currency, the Great British Pound, was weaker. So in the periods where the pound was getting slapped up by the euro and the dollar, this made the food prices in the UK rise. First things first, the UK does not produce enough food to feed its citizens, right? So if there was a rule in life, for whatever reason, where you could only eat the food generated in your country, we will starve. We don't have enough food, right? So a lot of our food is imported, right? So if the prices of food is already going up because of external factors such as the war in Ukraine, uh, supply chain issues, yeah, so on and so have you, yeah? And also your currency is weak. This is extra bad because when you're buying stuff from other countries, you're not paying for them in pounds. You're paying for them in euros or you're paying for them in yen or you're paying for them in dollars. You're paying for them in dirham, right? And if your currency is weak, it means that it's going to take more pounds to purchase the same good or, the same good or service that cost a previous level. So let's say the pound got weaker against the dollar, right? Whereas before, 10 pounds would get you 30 cheesecakes, um, 30, 30 cheesecakes in, in America. Now... It takes you 15 pounds to get 30 cheesecakes in America. Do you see what I'm saying? So the weakness of the pound further exacerbated the issue in terms of food prices rising in the UK. Increased trade costs as well due to Brexit, which we'll take about later, plus supply chain issues such as lack of workers and transport carrying the goods have made the food 
price thing even worse. Tesco chief executive warned UK inflation could be higher than before um, and before it comes down later this year. Consumers are now more than ever looking at cheaper products. In April last year, Tesco said it will take a £260 million hit to its profits in the current financial year as it absorbs some of the cost inflation in the supply chain rather than pass on to these, passing it on to their consumers, right? They, um, which, is fairly, which is pretty noble of them, to be honest. Cool. Uh, but however, later on in the year, they said that, yo, listen, we're expected to make a retail operating profit, which excludes financial services income, between 2.4 and 2.6 billion, thanks to a strong Christmas performance. Um, if you look at the UK sales leading up to January the 7th, UK sales grew 7.2%, right? And the growth was reported um, also in, in the rival um, retailer um, Sainsbury's. They they forecast a 6.4% growth, right? So there was a very strong Christmas, Christmas period for UK food retailers. Good on them. Yeah, so we've mentioned Brexit before, right? And it's very interesting that a study from um, academics at LSE wanted to see what is the impact of Brexit on the price of food, right? They don't want to get involved. They want to see specifically the Brexit impact because we know stuff like supply chain issues during the coronavirus thing had an impact on food. They wanted to isolate the Brexit factors, right? And this is what they found. Brexit added an additional £200 to the average household food bill in the two years two years to the end of 2021, according to LSE. Due to extra red tape and checks, the cost of food imported from Europe had now become more expensive. Shock horror. Rule changes have pushed, pushed um, up prices by 6%, which is about £5.8 billion. However, on the flip side, UK food producers have have now faced reduced competition since Brexit. So this is kind of similar, this is kind of like benefiting UK businesses who produce food because now they don't have as much competition from foreign importers. But if you look at the consumer, it's not the best for consumer because competition is the best thing for consumers, right? There's a reason why, like, for example, Tesco can't just have the maddest prices for everything because if they do, Asda, Morrison's, Lidl, Aldi, do you know what I mean? Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Marks and Spencer's will all have lower prices. Simple as. Simple as. So there's competition. When there's not competition, you can charge whatever the hell you want and we're going to have to like it or lump it. Especially something like food, which is relatively inelastic, which means, inelastic means that when price changes, the demand doesn't change as much. It's because it's a necessity. We need food. The research found that increase in food prices was due to a rise in non-tariff barriers to trade between UK and EU, which include things like new customer checks at the borders, new paperwork requirements, and broader measures affecting the movement of animals and plants. Not good for us. And remember, even remember that time when there was a shortage of petrol and we had the hate because of the HGV drivers. You don't know them big ass lorries, yeah? And there was people queuing and fighting and scrapping for oil. That also impacted, impacted the price of food because the supply of food coming in through the country, there wasn't enough people to help process and drive these trucks. 
it's just crazy. But yeah, man, that's it. <laughs> the price of food is crazy right now and it's not going to change. But I look to get some, maybe some money people, personal finance people on the pod this year, like Mr. Money Jar, Bolasol, um, the E-Man Effect, people of that nature who are really good with this to kind of see what we can do as families and individuals in the UK to kind of get around this. But yeah, I hope you, I hope you have a good week and yeah, you'll hear from me soon. Peace. Podcast Network.